Today, we'll be talking about the importance of Medicare and Medicaid, especially for those with dementia. We hear from my mom, whose mother was diagnosed with dementia and was a recipient of Medicaid. So let's go ahead and introduce my mom, and she'll introduce my grandma a little bit too. My name is Vicki Yeager, and my mom's name is Alice Portwood. She grew up in Paxton, Nebraska, Paxton, Nebraska, and she moved to Oregon. My mom and dad got married in approximately 1958, and they got divorced in 1979. Now, my grandma wasn't the only one with dementia in the world. Currently, there are roughly 50 million people worldwide that are diagnosed with dementia. So to begin with, let's go over the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's. So dementia is more of an umbrella term or blanket term for the overall symptoms associated with memory loss, as well as a person's ability to think. Mom and I were pretty close when we were younger. Um, I'd say as we got older and I grew up, we probably got more distance. And that's just because um, we didn't agree on a lot of things, especially the fact that she really blamed my dad for a lot of things and he was still my dad, so it kind of made a negative impact on that. My mom was pretty healthy when she was younger. Um, she had her gallbladder removed and she had shingles and that was probably about the only things I remember that she had issues with. My grandmother supposedly had dementia. She was um, in a rest home and was diagnosed with it. Uh, hers was a little bit more severe than my mom's but that's the only one I remember that actually had memory issues. So, my mom gave some background into my grandma's health during my mom's childhood. Now, let's go over some of the factors looked at by doctors. So, some of the main risk factors for dementia are a person's age and their genetics. So, if someone in your family has a history of dementia, you might be more likely to develop it later on. And other factors such as diet, exercise, and cardiovascular health can also affect your possibility of getting dementia. Now, let's move on to the causes of dementia. So, dementia manifests when there is damage done to brain cells. And this damage causes these cells to prohibit the ability to communicate well with each other. And when they aren't able to communicate properly, a person's emotions, behavior, feelings, and the way they think can all be affected. Some of this damage can cause other health issues, such as depression, the overuse of alcohol and alcoholism, issues with thyroid glands, and vitamin deficiencies. I think the thing that affected her the most um, in her health was the fact that she became not as mobile as she was after she fell, and the fact that she tended to be more solitary, and she wasn't as social getting to know people and talking to people. Um, and I think that basically made her more of a introvert and caused her to go inside of herself. 
as my mom said, my grandma's inability to move and her lack of mobility led to her gaining a lot of weight and also becoming very isolated and very introverted instead of going out and walking around and meeting new people like she used to she started isolating herself and spending most of her days just sitting in her living room watching tv the process for getting her diagnosed with dementia went through a series of social workers and the people at the facility where she finally ended up in scapoose and they pretty much took care of a lot of that they took markers every month or so to make sure, you know, what she was doing and, and how she was doing as far as her mental capacity. As you heard my mom say, there was a process of tests and forms that my grandma had to fill out and go through in order to be diagnosed with dementia. So in the process that a person has to go through to get a diagnosis are a detailed medical history to determine if there's family history of the disease or any other health issues that may interfere, an examination of physical health, lab tests, and evaluating their behavior and making notes of any changes or shifts in their personality or memory. So currently, there is no cure or treatments that can pause, slow down, or completely stop the progression of dementia. However, there are drug treatments that are available to help improve symptoms and alleviate some of those symptoms and allow a person to have a better quality of life. One of the things that makes dementia such an impactful and terrible disease is that you lose your ability sometimes to remember the people around you and the people that you love. As far as my mom's um, dementia affecting us, I think it affected the family in the sense that we couldn't although she didn't forget us like a lot of people with dementia she um, remembered all her children and everybody up till the end I think the biggest issue was the fact that she lived in her own little world she would tell stories that were wild and crazy about the facility that she was into that we knew weren't true and it was hard sometimes to get her to move into reality. Now, let's go ahead and move into Medicare and Medicaid and how important it is for the aging population. So, Medicare slash Medicaid is federally run and it's a healthcare coverage system for people 65 and over, some younger people who may have some sort of disability, and for people with severe kidney failure in need of dialysis or a transplant. So this program has been around since President Johnson signed it into use on July 30th, 1965, by signing the Social Security Act, and it currently serves about 44 million Americans. It is estimated that 1 in 10 of those who receive Medicare use it as their only health insurance. While Medicare started as just a basic insurance program for the elderly and Americans in poverty, it has grown over the last five decades to help provide access to necessary health care for an even bigger number of Americans. Today, because of Medicare, only about 2% of the elderly don't have health insurance, compared to a whopping 48% back in 1962. And Medicare also reduced the financial barriers to healthcare 
and led an increase in the percentage of elderly patients who see physicians by nearly 10% within the first decade of the program. Although Medicare covers many preventative services and screenings without any co-payments, there is much more that can be done. Managing chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease is also vital, especially with more than two-thirds of Medicare beneficiaries suffering from those chronic conditions. And finding ways to prevent and manage these diseases earlier and before they develop could save money and improve outcomes. So, there are three different levels or types of Medicare. First, there's Part A, which covers any sort of hospital bills, hospital stays, any care from nurses in living care facilities or an assisted living facility, hospice, and sometimes in-home care as well. Part B covers certain services by a doctor, medical supplies, outpatient care, and services to help prevent health issues. And then finally, there's Part D, which is only for prescription drug coverage. So it allows you to add um, prescription drug coverage to any of the existing insurance packages. However, instead of just having to pick Part A or Part B, you can also choose Part C, which is the combined option of Part A, B, and sometimes it includes Part D as well. It wasn't hard to get her into a medical facility. It was just hard to get her into a permanent medical facility, one that would actually take the Medicaid. Um, She went through two or three facilities before we actually found a spot that would take her under Medicaid. In the beginning, um, most of it was paid for by her um, supplemental medical insurance. Um, Once we got her on Medicaid and everything, they pretty much took all her... Um, value as far as anything that was in the bank and any of her benefits that she was getting from Social Security and the rest was paid for by um, the state. She had private insurance initially. Um, She had that to to, uh, bridge the um, care from the Medicaid clear over to that and she had that for quite a while until the Medicaid took over entirely. But, um, yeah, she had a private insurance policy that took care of her benefits. So, as you heard my mom say, initially, my grandma did have private insurance that she used to cover her medical bills. And later, she got on Medicare when she was moved into a private assisted living facility after a bad fall. At the time, she was applying for Medicare, My grandma had a car, she had money in the bank, she had savings, and other assets that she needed to basically get rid of before she was admitted to the program. She had to give her car to my uncle, and my mom and my aunt had to withdraw money out of her bank accounts and have it under a certain amount in order to prevent it from being taken by the state when she was admitted to Medicare. However, if my family had to pay for my grandma to stay in these types of assisted living facilities, our whole families would have been swimming in bills. The process um, was lengthy just because they moved her from facility to facility. Uh, I know my sister did most of the paperwork, but we had to fill out all the forms for um, Washington State, and then we had to turn around because they decided 
that she didn't have a spot there to move her to Oregon. And then we had to fill out all the paperwork for Oregon. So that made it a little bit more lengthy. I believe that people should get granted Medicare and Medicaid. Um, I think that's something that they pay into. And when the time comes, if they can't afford to pay their own medical insurance and everything, I think it should be an option that should be there. I think once you're promised something like the Medicare or the Medicaid, I don't think that budget should be touched. I think it should be left alone. I don't think it's fair to basically go back on a promise that you promised this to people and then you've decided now, well, we don't have the money for it, so we're just not going to give it to you. I guess it depends how this affects people in the future is it depends on how much they go after children and that kind of thing. Um, most kids are, are living on a budget and most of them don't have the budget to basically care for um, and, and completely care for an aging parent. So unless the aging parent has resources, I think what you're going to see is poor health and aged parents. Without the proper Medicare, the aging population may suffer from more and more diseases and worsening health. And without the Medicare system to help them pay for doctor's visits and hospital stays, we may see an increase in prevalence of different diseases such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, alcoholism, and other issues associated with aging. Since the establishment of Medicare Part D in 2006, the participant number has increased dramatically to 39.2 million people as of 2015. However, Trump has proposed an almost $600 billion budget cut to Medicare and Medicaid over the course of 10 years in his 2020 campaign. A budget cut of this magnitude would reduce the funds available for those on Medicare to pay for the care they desperately need.